0: Welcome to Geek Vibes Nation Live. I am Caitlin Elam, and I am pre- pleased to introduce Ms. Susan Eisenberg. She is an American professional voiceover artist known for her animation, commercial, and promotional work. Most notably, she has been the voice of Wonder Woman, a.k.a. Diana Prince, in the cartoons Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, and in every comic reader's head when they read Diana in comics. So, without further ado, Geek Vibes Nation, give it up for Diana Prince herself, Susan Eisenberg. Well, it seems that we have not gotten Miss Susan Eisenberg in yet, and wait, I believe she's going to be coming on here in a minute. Susan, are you there?
1: I am. I got
2: through.
0: Okay, good, good. Well, it's great to hear your voice, and it's uh, it's great to have you on the show. and uh, I will go ahead and just I, I know we only have you for a short time, so let's go ahead and jump right into it. <laughs> okay, perfect.
3: Hey, Susan, this is Dane. I um, just to let you know me and Kanaan will be conducting the interview. I got a couple questions I want to ask you. He'll conduct the rest of it, and once again, we are so happy to have you on. Um, My first question for you, uh, you know, before Gal Gadot could be comparable to you because of the representation of, of, you know, where you're at as far as the time of a Wonder Woman and being a really, really well-known Wonder Woman with the geek community, there was Linda Carter. So when you got the job for Wonder Woman, did you go back and, like, listen to the cadence of her voice or or anything like that when interpreting your, your version or... Did you just do everything from scratch? And what is it like being the voice in comic readers' heads a lot of time when they read Diana?
1: Wow. Okay. So two parter. Um, let bit. me just yeah. Let me just start off. Well, the first, to answer your first question, I I didn't have to go back to listen to Linda or um, you know hear how she performed the character or voiced the character because. Um, Obviously, I had an audition, and so I knew they wanted my voice when they hired me. And then from from there, it was about listening to what their vision for the character was. So that was Bruce Timm, who created the show, and my specific Wonder Woman, and then Andrea Romano, who was the voice director, who directed all the episodes of the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. So it was really about deferring to them and hearing what they had imagined the character, who she was going to be. And, um, and so I let, that kind, I let that guide me as opposed to going back and trying to do Linda Carter. I mean, no one can do Linda Carter or Linda Carter. So, um, you know, singular. And so, yeah, I just kind of had to make it my own. And when I say make it my own, it like make it my own according to their vision for the, for the character. And the second part of that is um, it's extraordinary to have people tell me that when they read comics, they hear it in my voice. I mean, that that's, you know, that's just a dream come true to hear that the fans um, think of you and that you've impacted them somehow with a um, performance. So it's, it's an it's an amazing amazing feeling, and it's it's humbling and it's gratifying, and I never ever ever get tired of hearing about it.
3: I I don't blame you. I mean it's pretty amazing talking to you right now because I feel like I'm talking to Wonder Woman a little bit, um, just because <laughs> of my years of of watching Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. But uh, one thing that you and Linda Carter shared, you guys both had. Um, a very nurturing motherly voice uh, that's very with the character, but also aggressive and direct. And uh, especially when you were dealing with Batman, putting him in his place. Um, But, you know, obviously, obviously you guys, you guys had an American accent. Now, when Gal Gadot um, did her interpretation of the character, when you first heard that she was using her natural accent, did it throw you off or did you like a fresh take for the character from her?
1: You know, the whole thing with her performance felt like a fresh take. So everything about it was a fresh take. I mean, we haven't seen a live-action Wonder Woman um, in a film ever. So, uh, no, the accent didn't throw me off at all. And I think what really helped that was that everyone in Themyscira had a similar accent. You know, it, it was just so smart as a device that the filmmakers used to have everyone there you know, it wasn't like they all sounded like they were from Chicago and she sounded like she was from okay. Israel. They all sounded like they were from the same place, which was Themyscira. Um uh-huh. So, no, it didn't throw me at all. It, and Themyscira should, you know, it's, it's, it's this other. It's this um, extraordinary location. It's this place that we can only imagine or ha- have only been able to imagine. Now it comes to life in the movie. Um, So I think there's something special about it being different, about her not sounding American, if you will, or um, like everybody else sounds. I I think that there's something exotic in that. So, no, it didn't throw me. I I thought it was fantastic.
3: Me too, actually. I thought it was a very wonderful interpretation. It's like we've had four Wonder Woman between Linda Carter, the actress that voiced her on Super Friends, you and now That's her, so it's it's cool to get different interpretations throughout the years.
1: It is, and um, the actress who voiced her on Super Friends is Shannon Farnon, and uh, she's become a good friend of mine. And so I'm glad you gave her props. Uh, I think that sometimes the animated Wonder Women, if you will, um, kind of can, they can get forgotten a little bit in the narrative. So fans like you who really appreciate that part of her story, I mean, you're so appreciated. Um, especially by somebody like me who has made a living primarily through animation and voicing characters rather than appearing as them on camera.
3: Absolutely. And the thing is, I just felt bad that I completely blanked out on her name at the time. But, yeah, it's it's a recognizable voice that represents a character that, as a kid, I read. And, I mean, just a, just a great character in general. I'm sure. waiting for a fifth one to be introduced because I think the CW – Personally, could use their own Wonder Woman too. Um, I don't know if that would be Adriana Palicki who tried it beforehand, but just just to me, I, I think the more Wonder Woman, the the the, the better, if you will. <laughs> so well, and I think uh, that my,
1: that's that's, in, that's inevitable now because um, the success of the film will only lead to other Wonder Woman projects. I mean, there's just that's that, there's no question that will happen now.
3: Oh, I I, I completely agree with you and. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Rosario Dawson, she's also a Wonder Woman for the uh, the movie the, uh, animated stuff. So we had a lot of great ones, but I'm talking to probably my favorite uh, so far mm-hmm. just because of watching you on the show. There was another character on the show, a very strong, strong female um, mm-hmm. that was on uh, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. That wasn't a big character in the comics, but you guys displayed Hawkgirl kind of as like a Wonder Woman-Wolverine hybrid. And yeah. I just was wondering... You know, would you like to see her explored in the actual movies eventually? Hawker? Maybe the relationship, maybe the relationship with her and John Stewart also taking its course throughout the movies.
1: Yeah, you know, yes, I have Hawker. no idea what they're. Go- I have no idea what they're going to. You know, in, in the Justice League that they've got going on, she she's not there. Um, but I always loved and Maria Canal Ferreira voiced her in our show in in Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Um, you know, she just brought so much to this character. I mean, she's such a phenomenal actress. And so whether it was the action stuff or the love story with, with um, you know, with Phil Lamar's character with Green Lantern, I mean, it was just, it, it was so complex and, and um, you know, and just, It was just an amazing, amazing portrayal. So I think anything moving forward that's animated especially should involve Maria, but live action, it would be, I think there are like a ton of Hawkgirl fans out there and she's a kick-ass great character. So yeah, it would be awesome.
3: Yeah. I could personally see like someone like a Jessica Chastain or maybe a Rachel McAdams really taking that role and making her as fierce as she was because I thought Hawker was a great representation for women and the ferocity, um, just like you were with nurturing, basically, which is kind of akin to the comic books themselves. But um, you you said Phil Lamar. My next question is, what was it like working with such great vocal talent and actors like Carl Lumbly, uh, Phil Lamar, Michael Rosenbaum, Michael Ironside, Powers Booth, Clancy Brown, Mark Hamill, and uh, the amazing Kevin Conroy? Like, obviously, you're a very well-known voice actress, but you guys, it was like a bunch of heavy hitters all on one show, which is pretty yeah,
1: incredible. Yeah, and some extraordinary women, too. I mean, um, you know, we Vanessa, um, Vanessa Marshall and uh, Gray Delisle and um, Jennifer Hale, some really... Um, uh, Olivia Dabo, I mean, really, really, really wonderful actresses on the show, who, you know, who appeared on the show. Um, you know, it was intimidating in the beginning. Um, I'll be honest. I mean, it was, I had done animation before, but I'd never been a series regular. So it was It was scary going into that room with such extraordinary established talent. Uh, it, it got easier as I went along. I mean, luckily, and I've said this before, Luckily, Diana, in her the first season of Justice League, you know she was coming off a mascara, she was leaving her mother and everything she had known and so bringing that vulnerability and and, and that sense of um, the unknown helped me because I was kind of feeling that as well i mean it was it was like you know when I would park at the Warner Brothers lot and walk over <laughs> to the to the recording studio, there was always this sense of I'm just, I can't believe this is what I get to do today, and also, oh my gosh, I'm so scared <laughs> because you, you know, there's a lot to live up to voicing her, and um, and you are playing with the big guys and gals, you know, you're you're playing in the big league, so you know you have to come, you have to like know how to come through, and uh, it, you know it was an extraordinary experience. I mean, I wouldn't be talking to you had it not been for that for that gig.
3: And I'm so happy that that happens. So you could talk to me, but Thank it just—you you guys, like I said—had an all-star uh, group of individuals really doing some amazing things for voice acting. It
2: was—it
1: um, was—it was, it was, it was pretty—it was pretty magical. And you know, it, it was—it was the actors that were really something special, and then it was, of course, the you know the creative talent, the producers, the writers, the directors, and I—you I, know—I'm still close to a lot of the writers um, and the directors, Dan Reba and. Um, Rich focal. I mean, you know, Dwayne McDuffie was such a hero. I mean, there were such extraordinarily talented people on the other side, you know, being directed by Andrea Romano and having Bruce Kim create it. This was, you know, a standout. And I think that um, the fact that its legacy is still living on says, you know, speaks volumes to their talents.
3: Absolutely. And I mean, it just ridiculous talent um ridiculous there's uh, there's something with the dc animated universe that i feel like a lot of fans like myself need the last episode was incredible but
2: Mm -hmm.
3: not not necessarily acting you or asking you because i don't i don't know if you know or not um have there been talks at all or would you like to see personally maybe an animated movie uh, with the old style or maybe with the new style just with the characters kind of giving a better closing towards the DC animated universe or just another story itself with all the actors coming back.
1: You know what I, I, see, I loved the ending and you know what, what, what I'm always so tickled by is that, um, you know, we had two years with justice league and then three with unlimited. So that's a five year run and that's really long in, in that universe. I mean, that's,
3: that's a we're, long, we're time selfish as fans.
1: No, and I get it. Listen, we're selfish as actors and writers and producers and directors. I mean, you know, the truth is we loved the show and we loved working on the show. Um, so we would have gone on and on and on and on. But I loved the last episode. I mean, I, that last, I can't watch that last scene, that last shot um, without beautiful. getting chills. It's magnificent. So I think it ended really like, you know, that, to me it was a beautiful, proper ending What I would love to see, I mean, and if I, you know, if I could put it out there um, to the universe, I would love to see an animated feature of the Justice League. I think that um, we've never been reunited since the show ended. I think that the fans know us as an ensemble, as a team. And I think that the fans would love to hear us again. We um, have been united once at New York Comic Con uh, two years ago. And then this, in about a month, we'll all be united again at, in Denver, at Denver Comic-Con. We're getting together um, for a panel, uh, All of everyone from the Justice League and Andrea Romano. So that will be exciting. But, again, I mean, I, I, uh, I've always wondered why they didn't bring us back in a project because the fan base is there. But, you know, as an actor, we have so little or I have so little say in what happens. Um, in that regard so i mean between you and me and your listeners it would be i think that there's not one of us who wouldn't love 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 to come back
3: you heard it here geek five nation that's confirmation <laughs> saying from susan eisenberg saying that you would love to do something potentially with the rest of the group that we all loved maybe 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 uh you know uh, a video game you know with a. Uh, the Arkham Asylum game, once they actually do a Justice League one, video games are becoming so story-driven that maybe they could do something involving everyone. Um, who knows? Who knows what the future, but I'm double It seems so logical, say,
1: right? It seems What's so that? logical, doesn't it?
3: Yes, it does.
1: So uh, it's like, why, you know, why wouldn't they do it? But, you know, you just don't know what goes on in – in the meetings, you don't know what happens when they're all, you know, the executives that you see in Warner Brothers, you don't know what happens. So you just have to go with the flow. But you and I can have our, our dreams and we can, you know, and I think the fans do. And I think we as actors um, who, you know, voice these characters, I mean, we would love to return to them.
3: Exactly, and let me just uh, end with a statement Before I pass it to Kanan It was very lovely to uh, talk to you, Susan um, I talked to uh, Cal Dodd He did the voice for Wolverine You might be aware of him for uh, X-Men, the made series um, If you talk to Mr. Kevin Conroy Besides trying to say Maybe he should come on our show Tell him that To call Cal Dodd to do a jazz album with him Because they both have like, a background In swinging jazz Cal Dodd's down, so I get the thing started for a Slice and Dice album with Batman and Wolverine both singing on it. So
2: if you can help me
3: out on your line of work, that would be great. But I'm going to pass it to Kanan. He's going to take great care of you with the rest of the questions. I just had to throw that out there to get the
4: ball rolling. Okay,
0: well done. Well done, sir.
4: All right, thank you so much, Dane and uh, Susan. I can't wait to find out exactly uh, what your responses are going to be to my uh, questions for the night. And the first one kind of piggybacks off of uh, what you and Dane were talking about as far as video games. Right now we know one of the biggest video games out there is Injustice 2, Mm -hmm. and you play a huge role in that uh, video game. So I wanted to ask you, how is voicing Wonder Woman on TV compared to the video games? Well,
1: starting off the recording is very different because when you're doing the video game, you're by yourself in the recording booth. And when you're recording the animated series, you're with the cast. So that's a very different dynamic um, right there. And, um, you know, they're they're each a very different process. So when you're by yourself, you're basically there with the director or the writer who's giving you context for the game. But chances are with the video game, you haven't haven't read um, the script for sure. And so you have to find out at the sessions, how you fit into the game, you know, where's your character in this universe um, and who are you, you know, who are you playing? Who are you? Whereas with the animated series, chances are you've read the script in totality before you've gone to your session. um, And you have a, a bigger sense of your character and how your character fits into that world. Just different, you know, very, very different experiences in that regard.
4: Okay, thank you. I, I've always wondered, you know, how, you know, what the difference would be. I know, like, there are some people that actually do, you know, animated uh, shows, uh, and they they don't even come in and talk. I know, like, on Family Guy, now they film everything separate. They don't even they're not even in the same studio. So I just wondered, you know, what that was kind of like. You know, if there was any different approach to it. Uh, I love the game. Uh, I think they did, you know, wonders. You know. Pardon the pun, but I think they did wonders with your yeah, character. I <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. And I Thank mean, you. she's she's created and drawn magnificently. Like, and then you bring such a uh, a bravado and like a presence. Like your voice, uh, just it's it's hard to it's hard to match it. So uh, definitely, uh, you know, props to you for that. Uh, Thank you so much. And, and for question, that,
1: for that they, for that you know we had a camera on our faces as we were recording Injustice, so you know they. The, the camera was capturing our face, our facial expressions, our, the way our mouth moves. So, you know, it brings it more, it becomes more lifelike, if you will, for the characters. Um, so that was a different experience. I didn't have that going, recording Wonder Woman in Injustice, um, Gods Among Us. So that, that was totally different for this, these sessions and the new game.
4: Well, your face is. It got some fierce expressions, so people have, have sent, so You heard it first, right here. That's Susan's face. So,
1: well, if it's not you my face, but it's the, not my well, no, it's not my face. Yeah, I mean, the some of the, yeah, a little bit, a little yeah. bit.
4: <laughs> well, watch out, I've got more respect for you now. So, so there, thank you so much for my My next question's more uh is kind of more like a, it's it's a personal type question, but it's not a okay. uh it's not like digging too deep it's just more about um how has voice acting changed or enriched your life as both an actress and as a person
1: well I don't know that voice acting in general has enriched my life in in any significant way i think. Having a job that I love, so in that, so in that way, it's a job I love and a job that I look forward to and a job that after doing it for 25 years, I still love it and still feel passionate about it. So that has enriched my life. Um, I think voicing Diana for as long as I have has been a huge piece of my life. Um, it, it makes me better. As a person, she has become a part of me. She is a, she's there as a presence in my life. So that, her goodness, her compassion, her um, sense of justice, that seeps into my life. I mean, it's just as simple as that. Um, you know, do I go around in life yelling out, great Hera? No, but I often think about, um, what she would do, and I also feel a sense of um, I, I like things to be just. I care about that deeply, and so I think that that she's permeated, um, you know, my thinking in that regard.
4: Okay, yeah, I, I can understand that, and I, I, I don't. Uh, I can tell that you really love the character. I mean, just by your. And that's another thing, too, about voice acting is that you can just – you can tell the people that really get into the character, and then you can tell the people that phone at home. Uh, so I, yeah, I wouldn't think <laughs> that you're running down the street saying great hair, but something tells me I think Kevin Conroy probably does get up in the morning and looks in the mirror and says, I'm Batman. So
1: um, well, I wouldn't I just, know I could Kevin just see early him doing in the morning. that.
2: <laughs> um, well, I, can't, I can't
1: speak to that, wink, wink. But I can speak to the fact that when we do Comic-Cons together, he does stand on a chair and says – I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. And uh, then the whole place just erupts into crazy, mad applause.
4: I, I bet. I, I bet his uh, <laughs> his booth stays uh, packed. Uh, oh, it does. I wanted to ask you do you have any do you have any traits that you and the character Diana share? Like, what do, you, do y'all maybe like have similarities? I guess um, her character and then you as a uh, you know real life person.
1: Well, like I said, I I I think we have a strong sense of justice. So, um, I try to be compassionate. That's something I try to live with in my life every day. Um, you know, I I I do feel like I have a strong maternal side, which Diana certainly did in 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 our show, in our TV show, Justice League. Um, you know, there's a nurturing to her which I try to have. So. I think we're similar in that way. I, it, would, it would feel immodest for me to keep going on because it's like, well, well, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. You know, I mean, I, I'll say maybe I'm, I can be short-tempered like she can, which isn't great, um, at least the Diana Injustice League, and certainly an injustice. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, that would yet be for somebody else to answer, I think, better. You know, that could be objective <laughs> about me rather than me answering that.
4: All right and do we do we have time for uh, one more question? of course okay well i got I got just one more uh question for you, and I just wanted to uh to find out you know what was your your big break what was the moment that you got noticed uh, in the industry
1: um well do justice League yeah, I mean there's no question there's um, you know, there's all these different aspects to doing voiceover. So there's commercials, there's promos, there's animation, there's video games. And if, you know, hopefully you're successful in all those and you can make a living doing all of them. But the the one thing that has given me any kind of notoriety is, is voicing her. And had I just done it in Justice League, um, I, I think obviously I'd be remembered um, for that, but it wouldn't have had the, the, the staying power that it has um, because I've, I've continued to do it. I've been lucky enough to be asked to do it in other, you know, in other games, in other, um, you know, in other, in other places. So that is, I mean, there's nothing else I've done that has given me notoriety like Diana. There's nothing. And if people do know me, it's because of Wonder Woman. It's because I've been lucky enough to have voiced her for 17 years.
4: Well, and that's something we greatly appreciate. And uh, I'm a huge fan of your work as Wonder Woman. And, you know, you'll always be uh, Wonder Woman to me. Uh, but that, that's all the questions that I have. Uh, I don't want to fanboy uh, too much. So I'm going to go ahead and oh, go uh, ahead. pass it go back ahead. to
2: Dane.
4: Go Fanboy a little. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm I actually fanboy a lot, trust me. Uh, Susan, um, before I
3: pass it to Caitlin to exit the interview, I was wondering if you could do a huge favor for us. Sure. The, we just want you to do a drop, basically. You've got a very famous voice, and we were happy to have you on. Could you possibly say, hey, you're listening to Geek Fives Live. This is Susan Eisenberg, a.k.a. Wonder Woman, or however you want to say it, basically. But, like, say it like that, really, okay, Diana. Okay, sure. sure. That would be Awesome.
1: <laughs> um, when do you want me to do that
3: um, right now is fine Whatever you'd like okay
1: hi this is Susan Eisenberg aka Wonder Woman and you're listening to Geek, and you're listening to Geek Vibes Live stay tuned
3: love it it gives a character with a little with a little uh, jump right there I loved it thank you so much
1: <laughs> you're so welcome
3: I'm going to pass I'm going to pass to Caitlin to close it out
1: okay
0: perfect thank you no thank problem. you so much, Susan. It was so great to talk to you and to have you answer our questions. And you have a great day. And thanks, thanks again so much from all of us here at Geek Vibes Live.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me. Honestly, you really extended yourself, and you've been nothing but lovely throughout this whole thing. So thank you. Come back oh, and talk to not us again. Absolutely. Oh, we would love Just to have you. Me. Invite me. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'll come back. Yes. I'll come
0: back. Yeah, we appreciate that. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. Wow, that was so much fun. And I hope you guys are excited as I am that we got to talk to the great Susan Eisenberg and have a lovely chat and have her answer our questions. Good job to Kanan and Dane for a remarkable interview. As always, and let's go ahead and jump into some news. But before we do that, we're going to go ahead and introduce the guys, so you know the names to the voices. Uh, First up, we have Juwan.
5: Guys, hey guys. Hi Juwan. Sorry, I had my phone muted. No, I
0: understand. I should have given you some more boarding there. Um, We're going to say hey to Kanan.
4: Hello, I'm the the guy still fanboying over here after talking to Susan Eisenberg. I mean, I just. hmm. Okay, go ahead. uh, Do Do
0: you need a minute? Like. Do you want to, like, I do know, need take a minute. Breather, that, that
4: was uh, that was pretty cool. That was yeah,
0: um, yeah. You know that
4: I I haven't. You know, y'all got to talk to some of the other people. It was uh, it was awesome to to get to ask her those questions. So great job, buddy! Oh, yeah. You did a great job.
0: Oh yeah, you did a great job. Yeah, thank job. you. And I mean, it is it is a rush, isn't it? Like you're just like I can't believe I am talking to this person right now. It is so cool. Uh, Last but not least, we have Mr. Dane Alves. Alves. I always say your name wrong. I want to say Alves, (laughs) but it's Alves. It's
3: okay. Everyone does that. Uh, Alves is... Portuguese is Alves. Alves is much more other Hispanic cultures, but it doesn't matter. (laughs) I am doing good, and I think we also have uh, Gerald here, too, don't we? Do we have
0: Gerald? Yep.
2: How are you guys Here, doing? How are you doing?
0: It's
3: good. I'm
2: doing. good, I'm how good.
0: So, buddy? How are chilling, things going chilling. for you? Just chilling? Uh, All right. Well just, it's good to have you. Chilling. And the more the merrier. And uh it's great to have you on the show. Let's go ahead and jump into some news. How do you guys hey, how does that strike you off? Caitlin. Yeah? Before we
3: move on just just uh just to go forth, we're doing a little uh, you know, show stuff right on air, but that's okay. Um, just put Gerald where Nick is. So you to me, me to Kanan, Kanan to Juan, Juan to Gerald, and Gerald, you will be passing it back to Caitlin, if that makes
2: sense.
3: True. Heard. Heard.
0: Sweet. We have a plan. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's do this. All right. First up, we have Jessica Chastain. I and mean, she is set to play the villain, Empress Lalandra, in X-Men Dark Phoenix. And let's go ahead and start with Juwan, yes?
5: Um, yeah, I mean, this news is great. Um, only thing I hate about it is uh, Jessica Dastain should be in um, the DCEU. doesn't mean she can't be. Um, it just means, you know, she's, she's going to start filming hopefully sometime this year for um, Dark Phoenix for it to come out next year. So she does still have time to possibly be our Poison Ivy. But, you know, this is really exciting news. She's a phenomenal actress. Um, I'm totally fine with that. I'm just more so nervous with Simon Kinberg um, directing more so than I am about any of the cast. Yeah,
0: and we're going to get to to Simon Kinberg here in a minute. Um, Do you, uh, you know, aside from you wanting her in the DCU, um, you know, do you think she can, you know, carry it out being Empress Lalandra?
5: Absolutely. Um, Like I said, she's a really great uh, talent. Um, I'm looking forward to um, to seeing her uh, play a villain. Of this magnitude um, for a superhero franchise.
0: All right, um, who do we have next? Who wants to jump in? I'll
4: jump in. Uh, you jump I in, think, okay? Take it away. I think. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think Jessica Chastain uh, being cast.
0: Kanan?
4: You being in uh, the DCEU. So, anyways, I think Jessica Chastain will bring uh, a very uh, sophisticated uh, senior type approach to the movies. I think if she really is going to be the villain that they speculated, I think she'll be perfect for that role. Uh, I do agree with uh Jawan on her being, or uh, Simon Kinberg, sorry, on him being the director. Uh, there's a lot of people that really, uh, you know, are kind of, like, worried about it. But I guess only time will tell. But as far as her being cast, I think that's fine because, like I said, I, I wanted uh, Bryce Dallas Howard to be um, in the DCEU. Okay.
0: Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, Dean, what are your
3: thoughts on this? Well, I mean, if you get a good actress like Jessica Chastain, there's nothing I really can uh, itch about. Um, I, I will say that I love Jessica Chastain. Uh, if she's playing this role, I think she'll do a great job. The initial reports were her and Angelina Jolie were up for this role. I would have loved to see, like, specifically of the two of them, Angelina Jolie play this role. She already has chemistry with... Um, uh, the actor that plays up uh, Charles Xavier, whose, whose name is completely escaping me right now, but they are both in Wanted, so they already have that type of on-screen chemistry. And James
2: McAvoy.
3: Wow, that was beautiful. Um, and Jessica Chastain, like we've said, Poison Ivy, Hawkgirl—it's a lot of cool characters that she could play. But we're basing that of a hair color. And if you're saying we get a good actress to play a performance, that's all that matters. J- uh, James McAvoy is who I was talking about earlier, by the way. But um, yeah, I'm I'm completely down for this. I love that the She Empire is going to be involved. I'm more worried about other things, but we'll get to that. And, and we're going to go ahead who's left? Pass, th-
0: pass it over to Gerald. Yeah. Gerald, what do you think about this,
2: buddy? Um, I actually think she's going to pretty do a pretty good job as the villain. For the simple fact, she played an incredible. I don't know if you guys ever seen that uh, movie Crimson Peak with uh, Tom Hiddleston. Uh, she kind of plays his uh, sister that's like kind of like an incest lover to him, and she kind of she played the villain so well that to see her be in you know the X Men movie as a you know another villain, I think she she would do really good.
0: No, I haven't seen that. I'll have to go check that out. Um we're going to go ahead and move on to some more X-Men news. Um Simon Pinsburg is going to direct it and um they're calling back Jennifer Lawrence, Michael Fassbender, James McAvoy, as we mentioned before and uh they're they're all going to return to the movie and uh we're going to start off with Mr. Dane. Um I think you had alluded to to this before.
3: Yeah, alright, so this is where I have uh, issues Um, I think there's a lot of people that that just completely downgrade the X-Men franchise as it is And if you look at the last couple of films, we've had First Class, that was a great movie We had Days of Future Past, that was amazing Apocalypse was a little bit of a dud, we will all admit that Deadpool still connects to the same universe, they're building their thing Everything going forward, Logan, I mean they're really putting out some solid films I'm still worried about Simon Kimberg taking over for Brian Singer because even though he's been a part of it since the original trilogy and has helped out, he is a writer. And just like Roberto Orsi with the third Star Trek movie, I don't know if you give a writer that big of a film and expect something to be able to be really, really good, especially involving the cosmic universe for the first time within Fox. So that makes me nervous. I still think that he has a lot of potential Because he's been a part of it and on set so much That maybe he'll be fine With a good cinematographer and a good mind And if he wrote the script And he already knows what to do That's fine I love the fact that James McAvoy is coming back I love the fact that, that McAvoy is coming back I am not going to shit on Jennifer Lawrence And say she's a bad actress She is a great actress She's one of the best in this generation She checked out from this movie series After the first one Back when no one knew her she doesn't really care. She hates putting on the makeup. It just seems like she doesn't want to be there, and I don't want this this story associated around her at all. So to me, that's my biggest worry about it. And uh, who knows? Maybe we'll have to. Maybe we'll be an issue. Maybe it won't. Um, Kanan, what do you think?
4: Yeah, you kind of uh, you kind of took some of my uh, thunder with your response as far as uh, Jennifer Lawrence goes. Uh, I do not dislike her as an actress. When she's owned, she's owned, and she's one of the best in the industry. But you're right, she's phoned it in on the last two X-Men movies. I was really shocked to hear that she was coming back because there was so much talk that the last movie she was going to be in was with Apocalypse. Uh, Also, they've kind of like turned the series and focused it more on her in the you know with the uh, the newer group. I don't like that one bit. Uh, so I hope they don't go that route with this movie. Uh, but uh, you know I made you know Simon Kinberg. I'm not sold on him. But I really do think that Fox is getting their stuff together with their movies. Uh, I did not dislike Apocalypse. I thought there were things that could have been done better. But I thought overall the movie. Was was solid, uh, very um, rewatchable. <laughs> uh, it's not the best in the series, but it's it's definitely uh, well. But I'm they've got enough a list players coming in: uh, McAvoy, Chastain, uh, you know Fassbender, all of them to come in. Uh, I'm you know I liked uh, losing her name, uh, but the girl from Game of Thrones, um, Sophie Turner, <laughs> I liked. It. Yeah, Sophie Turner, yes, thank you. But I really liked her as Phoenix, uh Jean in, in Apocalypse. I think she's gonna do great. So I, I'm I'm excited for this movie. And let's see what Juwan has to think about
5: this. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm excited that the cast outside of um Kinberg and Jennifer Lawrence are a part of it. Um I've nothing I've no problems with Jennifer Lawrence, the actress but I have shit ton of problems with Jennifer Lawrence as Mystique. Um, it has nothing to do with her acting capabilities, and I think sometimes people get those lines blurred, um, and there's no need to. She, she to me, um, doesn't embody what it means to be Mystique, and that's not me saying she's acting poorly as Mystique. Uh, Rebecca Romaine, when she took on the role, we only saw her... Um, as her actual skin color, I think maybe two to three times her entire time playing Mystique. And to me, that's very important. I don't want to see you as, um, you know, the the full white um, Mystique. Like, I need you completely in blue. And you changing from that is like the equivalent of Robert Downey Jr. always having his Iron Man mask on. Or when he has it on, you know, the camera pans to to him inside of the mask. So we very rarely outside of a fight sequence see him actually fully suited up with the mask down. And just small things like that uh, bothers me. I mean, that'd be the equivalent of Ben Affleck playing Batman and having his cowl off for majority of the movie. It's just, it's it's one of those things where it's like, we know um, that, you know, you're very attractive. You want to show your face a lot but we know who you are. We still know who you are, even if you have the makeup on. Um, there's a reason why Mystique is all blue. And I think you kind of need to cater to that more. Um, and that, a lot of those things, and that might not even be her fault. That might've been the direction of the director. So like I said, I don't put all this blame on her. I just haven't believed her character, Mystique, um, since First Class. Um, So I'm just hoping maybe we can get her more interested maybe and get a different side in um, Dark Phoenix. But as far as Michael Fassbender, James McAvoy, we already know that those guys are, um, you know, I never thought from the original two, we'd see uh, two other guys come in who could almost rival the performances that uh, Patrick Stewart and uh, Sir Ian McKellen gave us. But those guys give them a run for their money. Um, so I'm not worried about those guys and Simon Kimberg directing. That's usually a hit or miss. So hopefully this is a hit, um, but I'm fine with the young team. I do think they need to stay away from adding in a Wolverine yet. Um, kind of wait on that, but, um, I'm really excited for this movie. So Gerald, what's your thoughts? Gerald. Oh, my bad. I.
2: I'm, I I muted my phone so no noise would get through. My bad, but um, it's okay. Yeah, sorry about that. I don't know for some reason my headphones is making like making noise. But uh, wait. Uh, about the director, that's uh, I really don't know who he is. I, I really don't have a comment on him. I mean, I want to just you know, speak out of term or make up some junk, but I really have no clue. The guy is I'm like reading facts about the only thing I know is taking the X Men movie. Uh,
5: yeah, no, I mean that's 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 not a problem. Um he he's he's a pretty good director. I mean he, he does have his kind of hit hits and misses, but I completely understand that. Uh back to you, nice. Caitlin.
0: Okay. Um i'm gonna say for for my part you know i'm i'm hopeful uh they they screwed up this story before in x three um as we said on last uh last week's show uh you know or, or as i had said on last uh last week's show that it was it was absolutely screwed up in in the sense of they kind of made it into schizophrenia. Hopefully, you know, with with the appearance of Empress Landra with with Jessica Chastain, that gives me hope that they're going to take this more to the Shi'ar Empire and make it less like a mental disorder and more like a okay, this is like a an actual like cosmic entity type thing. And yes. uh, not yeah, like I, I'm really excited about that. Um, as far as Jennifer Lawrence is concerned, um, I am a huge. J Law fan, I I absolutely love her, but um, even loving her um, as an actress, and I mean as a fellow Kentuckian, and uh, you know I, you know not name dropping or anything, but I know a couple of people who know her, and she she's a very genuinely um, passionate person about acting. Um, however, you know I. It, to what you spoke on before, Juwan, about, you know, the costume and everything, I I respectfully disagree because you you look at it and you say, Okay, well, you know, Iron Man without the mask or Batman without the cow and and, and those are interesting, um, you know, uh, uh parallels, okay. But with the the mutant uh versus, you know, uh you know, Batman and Iron Man, um and, and it's you know, mystique is that's not her her alter ego. I, I mean, uh, you know the the white skin mystique. That's her alter ego. That's like to protect herself against the world. And she's still in that state of being where she feels like she needs to hide who she is. And I mean, if you'll remember. Um in first class she's you know lifting the weights and she's in her regular skin or not regular skin, but you know um non mutant skin so to speak the, the non blue i guess um and magneto you know drops the <laughs> drops the weight on her and she turns blue and and he's like you know you know imagine how much concentration you could have if you weren't pretending to be somebody else all the time. Uh, you know, imagine, imagine what you could do if you just stayed blue. Um, and then, you know, she tries to jump into bed with him. That was a little creepy, honestly, like, to me. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was a little weird. Like, it felt kind of like Lolita to me, but, because, uh, I don't know, you know, Fassbender is significantly older than she is. Like, it just, I don't know. Um it's hard to see her as, as anything but a young. A very, Thirty Shades woman. of Fast
2: Bender. Yeah, I
0: know, right? Well, um, so, but she jumps into bed with him, and then he's like, you know, and she's her, you know, white skin mystique, and then he's like, okay, um, you know, a, you're a little too young. B, let me, you know, that's not who you really are. And so she switches to like. You know, kind of tongue and cheek. You know, Rebecca Remains Stamos, and he's like, "No, I want to." No, you're real skin. And then, you know, she goes to the blue, and he's like, "Okay, that's that's what's beautiful." And um, so so back to your original point, not to to kind of beat a dead horse with this, is that you know when Batman puts on the cowl and Iron Man puts on the uh puts on the the armor, you know, they're yeah, their suit, so to speak. That's their uniform. That's that's them doing their job. Um, you know, and for Mystique, she's always blue. That's her natural state of being. Okay, so, you know, Matt, Batman and Iron Man, their natural state of being is, you know, billionaire playboys. Her natural state of being is is a blue scaly chick that would probably, you know, have people grabbing pitch pitchforks and torches, so she has to be disguised all the time. It's like the equivalent of her being in costume all the time she 's hiding herself from the world and and I can imagine that can be i mean really frightening and um, and so you see with all these different movies that she's starting to come into her own and becoming you know more comfortable with being. Mystique, and um hopefully they take it to you know a direction now where she's comfortable being blue all the time. However, the makeup department what that what that entails on the day to day. What does it take like six hours to do that? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I think maybe it's it, it could just be a logistic. Um, Kind of thing, you know, time and money or whatnot. But all in all, I'm, you know, Fassbender, McAvoy, can't say enough good stuff about him. I love, I love J Law. I, I don't have a problem. So, you know, I, I hope for the best. But I, yeah, I can see where yeah, coming but
3: from too. yeah, there was wait, wait, a wait,
0: times she did kind of phone it in.
3: That's what I'm saying. Do you not believe that yeah. she's not? She does not want to be there, and she's phoning it in basically for the last two films.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, like I, I was more speaking to why she's not blue all the time. Um as opposed to uh you know, her acting prowess is excellent. However, she's come from, you know, doing things like Cold Mountain and you know, um you know, uh The Silver Linings Playbook and like really serious dramas Joy, that kind of thing. And I mean, even Hunger Games, that that dealt with like, you know, killing children. Um like, those are pretty, like, heady themes, and then, you know, you throw her into a superhero movie, and it's like, holy crap, you know, I, I don't know if she's quite ready for that, um, I, I don't think that she, I, I, I believe in her professionalism, but I still feel like she kind of phoned it in a little bit, because I don't think she took it very seriously, um, I don't know, and and that's not a criticism, I think it just is what it is, I think she's just
3: no, her wheelhouse
0: yeah. is like hardcore drama, like that's her wheelhouse, and that that is where she lives, and that is what she is supremely good at time and time again um, so I agree uh, yeah and and I mean like I, not to you know to beat a dead horse, it's just the essence the of of like the max you know versus no mask and, and everything. Um, I, I think it's, you know, I think that that was a calculated reason, um, but I could be wrong, you know, I could be totally wrong. Um, and I mean, and then you see people like, you know, Iron Man, he's not afraid to show who he is. He's like, you know, I saw that meme. It was like, oh, I'm, you know, Batman, I, I need to protect my identity. And like, all these superheroes are like, oh, I got to protect my identity. And, and, uh, you know, Iron Man's like, F you, I'm Iron Man. And it's like, he's like, he he doesn't even care. He's just like, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm Iron Man, What, what whatever, you know, take all comers. So, I mean, I actually really respect that about him. But I can understand as, like, a teenager and, uh, you know, she's lived this very sheltered life. And, you know, and up until then she has lived a very hard life as a child, you know, trying to survive. And then, you know, she finds Charles Xavier and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, without further ado... Um, we're going to go ahead and, and move on. Um, sh- I'm going to say this wrong. and uh, in, in, Just try somebody...
3: it. You
0: got it. Uh, I, I screw up everybody's name, So I, it's Shioli. Yes.
3: Shioli okay.
0: Kutsuna. Shioli sh- Kutsuna. Okay. Shioli Kutsuna has um, joined the Deadpool, hashtag Deadpool, um, sequel in a mystery role so let's do a fun little game of speculating and we're gonna find out you know or or at least pass around some ideas about who that might be within the construct of Deadpool, because i'm i'm curious you know i would like to know um so what we're gonna do is pass it on to dane what do you think man
3: all right all right um and thank you for that rundown of uh what you call the the X-Men trilogy and the the Battles of Mystique. That was amazing. That was A lot of information, Caitlin.
0: Oh, my pleasure. I I really love Mystique. I love J long you're, so I was You're just you're like it.
3: a you're like a you're a historian for her. like that was a uh, that was impressive. That's, <laughs>
0: yeah, that's that was I just I was like Man, why do I know all that stuff? And I'm I'm like in college right now, and I'm like, and just, I'm just like studying stuff and going through a test, and I'm like, oh man, what is that one fact that I should know for my college degree? And I'm like, oh, but I could tell you, you know, anything you needed to know about the estimate But you know,
2: uh, any, any,
3: anything <laughs> to do with, with, with Jennifer Lawrence's portrayal as a as Oh a, God, a no, physique. that
0: sounds like I'm like a weird suck. Now. Like, no, no, you know, you're good, you're
3: just you, you, you just know your shit. There's no, nothing wrong with that. All right, so Shiori Kasuna, uh, she has not been in a lot of American movies. If you guys are wondering, I'm looking at it. She's basically been in a lot of uh, Japanese TV shows and films. It looks like they're dramatic more so than like you know they're not martial arts or anything like that. Um, not that they would be, but I'm just saying. Uh, you know, if you thought that that was a majority. It looks like they're actually dramatic movies. She's got a good look for her. I have no fucking clue. Because here's the thing. They've already cast uh, two blinks, one that we got in Days of Future Past, and then uh, uh, Julie Young or whatever her name is. She's playing them on the new X-Men show. Uh, Psylocke, possibly, a younger version, if they're recasting this early. I don't know. Uh, we already have Domino, and she's African-American, obviously, so they're not... They, they wouldn't do that. I'm, I have no fucking clue. Apparently she's a main character, though. So it's it seems pretty strange who she could possibly be. Uh, I, I have no idea. I'm, I'm kind of a loss for words. I'm curious to uh, know what everyone else thinks. So since further, Kanan, can you give me anything? Like, have you heard anything in Twitter world or anything like that about who she could be playing
4: the yeah the name that I'm I'm hearing the most from people is that she's going to play Lady Deathstrike or that she could be playing Lady Deathstrike. Uh now we all Ooh. know that Lady Deathstrike was uh, uh was in X-Men uh 2 X-But they're saying yeah X2 but they're saying that she could play a uh, a younger version of Lady Deathstrike. Uh the only other name is that uh there were some hints in the uh teaser before Logan uh that pointed that maybe uh she could be playing Hope Summers which is uh uh Cable's uh I guess like his daughter or adopted daughter at
0: uh, adopted the, daughter yeah
4: yeah so the 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 biggest is Lady Deathstrike uh you know that's you know because of her um, heritage, but that's the other name is uh, Hope Summers. But that's. But isn't, that's isn't really Hope supposed I've to look ever. like Jean Grey? I mean, it's yeah, crazy. Hope, I mean, I guess we can make
3: has, it look like a,
0: Yeah, no, no, no. I, I get what you're saying. Like, I mean, but yeah. No, I, I hope would Summers point more is, towards. Is a, <laughs> I wonder what want,
5: thinks. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Joanne, um, what do you think?
5: Well, yeah, no, I, I've legit heard this that she will be a um, a villain. Um, not the main villain, obviously, but she will be on the side of whoever the main villain is. Um, I haven't Keith. really asked the. Go ahead. What are you saying,
4: Oh, uh, That Jake Kesey guy, I think he's supposed to be the main villain, isn't he?
5: Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, she's definitely going to be the villain lady deathstrike um i heard that also i I'd, I'd lean more towards that especially since um we could maybe be getting more people out of the um the experiment that wade had to go through um we don't know all the mutants that were experimented on um so she definitely could be one of them uh i think it's it's a door it's a doorway to possibly down the road logan coming into um this universe with Deadpool and Lady Deathstrike, with possibly Omega Red down the road um, opens it up a lot that more for awesome. that to be the case. Uh, and that's what I'm hearing. We could get an Omega Red, obviously not for Deadpool 2, but going forward to open it up for a Wolverine to kind of fit right into um, this universe. But she will be a villain. Uh, like I said before, I didn't really ask around that much because I didn't think Deadpool was going to be... Um, Starting filming as soon as it did, I thought I had more time. But um, from what I was told, he will be a villain. And Lady Deathstrike is the uh, the name. What do you What are your thoughts, Gerald?
2: Um, I can't pronounce her name, but I, I I see a picture of who you guys are talking about, and I would love for her to play the well. She, the character name is Surge, and Surge was an ex, uh, one an ex-X-Men, and uh, she went out and formed her own team and stuff like that, and, like, with Surge's powers, is like, electricity, she has, like, a bionic arm and stuff like that. So I know she's going to play a villain, but, you know, I would love to see them make Surge a villain because Surge is, like, one of, like, you know, a, like, a badass character, but she's also from Earth, I think, 6, 16, but I would like for her to see, you know, see her play surge. That's like a fan favorite of mine.
5: Um, I do want to say me and Kanan are only speculating. We obviously don't talk to anybody that's a part of Fox or a part of the actual project. So I don't want it to be like we're breaking news because that's what we're going to hear. Um, so I, I kind of want to make sure we're Wait, putting. Wait, what's that going on? Cover. You're breaking news. Is there breaking news right now? What's going on? <laughs> Dane. You know how you know how uh, sensitive the the page can be, where everyone's going to be like Swan said, it's Lady Deathstrike, and she's definitely going to be a villain. So I'm taking him at his word. I'm not breaking news. I'm only telling people what I was told. But I'm not. Did you hear that, him. Sean? <laughs> yeah, I'm talking to you, but Sean. I'm not told. But I'm not told by anybody who's literally a part of Deadpool 2. So I just have a lot of people that I know that have their ears to the ground that know somebody that um, is close to the project. But before I pass it to you, Caitlin, um, Cannon just wanted to add something on Omega Red.
4: Yeah, I, I cannot believe you, you, you brought him up, Jawan. but I'm like geeking over here because I always felt like Fox dropped the ball with not using Omega Red because he is a – integral part of Wolverine's uh, past and history, and that character gets slept on so much. Uh, if people out there, if you do not know about Omega Red, please look him up. Uh, he's uh, he's the deathlock of the Marvel Universe that people just do not realize how badass those characters are, and they get slept on. So, uh, I would love for him to be in a movie. Uh, I think he'd be a great villain for Deadpool, even if... Uh, we never see him go up against Wolverine, but I just cannot believe you brought it up. I'm just glad that me and you both share uh, a love for Omega Red. That's what I was getting. If you uh, maybe I didn't read into that right, but I I've always said Omega Red should have been uh, you know involved in the Wolverine movies or
5: mentioned or hinted at or something. Yeah, no, I um Omega Red is definitely a name that when I was speaking to the the person I was talking to. He was saying that, from what he was told, Omega Red is in the uh, the framework of what they want to do going forward, but he, he made sure he stressed by no means is he saying he'll be in Deadpool too. He's just saying if Lady Deathstrike is legit in this movie, they are kind of showing you exactly what's to come going forward, and Omega Red would be the next logical step, because uh, he did kind of flirt around with Deadpool and Wolverine also, but back to you, Caitlin.
4: All
0: right. Um I I really honestly, I'm in the camp of I'm not sure. So, I would say Lady Deathstrike just from my own, you know, I I think that might be what it is. Um you know, you 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 want to throw Deadpool against somebody with a healing factor and um you know, you want to throw him against somebody who, who's not easily beaten. Um, Lady De- Lady Deathstrike fits that mold, um, you know, in lieu of uh, Wolverine. Uh, so, you know, and, and I don't think now is the time to bring on another Wolverine, not in X-Men, not in Deadpool. I think they need to let that simmer a little bit, you know, because Hugh Jackman literally just left. He's still doing press for, for Logan Noir, so... He was just in London uh, with Daphne Keene for that. So I I think it's a little preemptive to to go ahead and say, okay, let's throw Wolverine in there. Um, So, you know, right after he just left. So, yeah, the obvious, I guess not obvious, um, because I'm speculating truly, is is Lady Deathstrike. You know, you want somebody, uh, a badass adamantium laced somebody with a healing factor, Lady Death, and you don't have Wolverine on hand, you know, Lady Stripe. So um, that being said, we're going to go ahead and move on to some, um, we're going to shift from Fox to Marvel. So it's kind of in the same lane, but, you know, we're, we're shifting to marble because it's the most messed up divorce, child custody thing in history with Fox and Marvel and who owns what and when and where. Um, and Kevin, I you know what? I swear to God, guys, I can I can read, but some of these people have the most weird last names, and I can't pronounce them to save my life. Feige, Kevin Feige, am I am I right here? Kevin Feige, what?
3: <laughs> the guy that's the head of Marvel, bro. Come on, Caitlin, I know, but I just, you're I, you're I better than like that. Know who
0: he is. No, I, I just never hear his name, like, pronounced. Like, nobody, like, says it out loud to me. I just read it, and, I, like, my eyes just skim out. I'm like, Kevin Fee, whatever. And then, uh, like, Kevin, okay. His name's Kevin. Give me your
3: nerd card. I want your nerd card back now.
0: No, no, no. I'm going to nope. swallow it. <laughs> you can have it back later. Um, you probably think Stan
3: Lee is Asian. God. His last him? name's Lee. No one got that. Come
4: on, guys. <laughs> Fucking he's, he's no. She probably <laughs> thinks his whole name is. She probably thinks that's his first name, Stanley. What's his last name? Who are we talking about? Yeah. Right? Uh, Stanley like, Chung. He thought... He's a he's a comic writer.
0: <laughs> I thought he I thought he was Bruce Lee's son. I I yep. thought that was. It was like a dynasty. And well, what and what What's,
3: what's, what's into... good old uh, What's good old Kevin Feige <laughs> doing?
0: Feige. Okay. Um, after I just, like, totally embarrassed myself, Kevin Feige he confirms that v- uh, Venom will not be connected to the MCU, which is the Marvel Comics universe. Um, it, it will be a separate kind of entity film, which means, you no, know, Spider-Man, no, you know, so it's just going to be Venom, and, uh, which is, of course, Tom Hardy. So, Jane, you have an opinion, sir?
3: Oh, I always have an opinion. And it would. All right, uh, Corey, I know you're listening out there, or you're eventually going to be listening to this. This proves that it's not going to happen. God, just kidding. I love Corey, but he's been wanting this to happen, and he would be a great guy to go between companies and make something happen because I've been saying this. If there's, when they say that there's going to be no connection, there's going to be no connection. What Sony is doing right now is they're building up their universe so that when Tom Holland's contract is out, either they already have an established universe and they don't need him, or if things are not working out with a re signed with Disney, they can go, all right, he's in this. And then they have a whole universe of characters already established. And, you know, as long as they don't address it so much on Sony's end, like, you know, mention Spider-Man or give Venom a backstory, they could do exactly what they want going forward. It's also, even though Kevin Feige said that he's okay with doing rated-R movies, I think that that's a load of bullshit. Sony's going to be able to do that and explore that with Venom, and they wouldn't be able to if Disney was in control of it. So I think, honestly, that this is a good thing, that this is a split, that if you really want, maybe... If no one addresses anything, that they're, they are in the same universe in a way kind of like Netflix compared to the MCU. But there's going to be no confirmation... Nothing bridging it. This, this will be less than that. Um, so, And that's fine with me. Honestly, if, if they keep Tom Holland and the MCU and keep on develop, developing him with a couple of his favorites, I don't like that Craven is possibly going to Sony, but whatever. That's another conversation for another day. But, you know, keep a couple of his big villains. Miles Morales, they're trying him right now in the animated universe. If that does really well make this universe the one where Peter died and Miles took over. I mean, that helped in, in the Ultimate Comics, and then you could have Miles Morales in a much more darker, Sony-driven universe, along with Venom. So, that's what I think they should do. Doesn't mean they're going to do it, but I told you so, people that did not think that they were going to have a connection. They're not! Oh, and yeah, I'm supposed to pass it to Kanan.
4: Kanan! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is going over like a peach. Uh no, uh from Georgia. I, 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh no, I, I agree and I think that's the best approach right now. Uh I would like to see if you know if Sony really uh keeps that promise in a couple of years when they get the full rights back. Uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see, you know, how well um, Holland does as you know Spider-Man, uh, or you know how well Tom Hardy does as Venom. Uh, I think it's good to keep it separate right now because just they're wanting the Venom movie to be R, and you know they're kind of just trying to introduce some other things. But I still think in a way it's going to be Spider-Man will still be part of it. They just may not you know really talk about it much. But it's kind of hard to have a world with these characters and there there not be a Spider-Man. Uh, I still really don't get uh Sony's approach to this but uh they feel like you know they can you know create a good movie and create their own universe. I just don't see why they wouldn't want to do it with the core piece which is Spider Man. So I guess uh, time will tell. And Juwan what do you think about this?
5: Um well I'm still recovering from Dane. But no, um I think this is mainly with there are areas in Atlanta
3: like- that are still recovering from me, John.
5: Sony's <laughs> um, kind of making Marvel's job, uh, or the MCU rather, uh, is making their job really hard because now I think it's it's a game of who can um, declare who first. So like, what is MCU gonna do if Sony's like, you know what, Norman Osborn's in our in our world, like. Does that mean the MCU then won't use Norman? Because then what you'll start making people get confused by is like, all right, so there's two Norman Osborns, so why can't there be two Venom? So it's one of those things where it's just like, I need Sony to kind of slow their shit down so we can establish our Spider-Man in the MCU, like, legitimately, as far as the the characters that we need to have. Juwan. Yeah.
3: To me, they, they, they got to they gotta figure out what villains go where. I don't want doubles in a Sony Spider-Man universe. And that, that would just be ridiculous.
5: Well, that's what I'm saying. So what I'm saying is if he's saying, if Kevin Feige saying that there's no Venom in the MCU, right? And let's say Sony comes out when, you know, we start getting more about the, the Venom movie. What if they come out and they're like, well, we have Norman Osborn in our movie. So what I'm saying is I don't want that either. I don't want two Norman Osborns. I'd prefer Marvel, I mean MCU to have Norman Osborn and use him properly than for Sony to take him and not really use him the way that they should um, and totally waste that character. So what I'm saying is I don't want Sony to start establishing a, a Venom universe, Spider-Man characters, and then we don't have um, that much to use for the MCU. So I mean I thought the MCU went out on a um on a stretch making Shocker and Vulture the first villains for their Spider Man universe. So um it's gonna be interesting to see what they do for part two and then part three. I just hope Sony doesn't get in uh the MCU's way as far as um creative uh for um the Spider Man universe. Back to you, Caitlin. Caitlin, Caitlin here. I
2: hate
0: my phone. I I hate my phone. Um, I'm my it <laughs> up the window. So, all right. Uh, what I believe, um, aside from not knowing how to pronounce the guy's last name, <laughs> which is which is absolutely horrible. Um, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say that I I don't know. At this point, it, it's like watching the most acrimonious weird child custody battle as I said before, where they're like, Okay, like it's like Briangelina, which I guess is now just Brad and Angelina, um, getting a divorce. It's it's apparently pretty nasty. I'm I'm not gonna speculate on, on somebody's personal life like that past that. Um, and and then you have all these children. It's just a metaphor. It's it's not a comment upon their marriage or their personal life. Um, they have all these kids and and it's like It's the same thing with, like, Fox and Marvel and who owns what and Sony and and who owns what and where and when and who can use what and um, what stories, writers. It's gotten to be such a mess that at this point nothing shocks me when they're like, okay, this Venom will not be connected to the MCU. And I'm just like, okay, cool, all right. All right, just just show me the damn movie like let let me just figure out if I like the movie or not, and then I'll worry about you know which timeline and you know who belongs to what and when and where, and I think you all have some very good points about why it is and the and the whys and the what what fours, so uh from there um, I am going to. Probably mess up this name, but I'm gonna try before anybody cuts me off, okay. Avengers Infinity War is adding Black Panthers deny Guerrera. okay, how'd I do? How'd I do?
5: That wasn't bad. That yeah? was pretty good. yeah, that was pretty good. okay, yeah, actually, before like, you pass it to before you pass it to Dane, um, Kanan did have some news he wanted to attach to um, this topic of infinity war. So I'm going to put Kanan on the super spot and let him drop this news that he wants to drop.
4: Oh, my goodness. Yes, Kanan. Yes, thank you. I feel feel so honored because I didn't think I was going to get to say it. But uh, I have read that (laughs) Scarlett Johansson was on the Late Show with Stephen Colbert. They were talking about Infinity War. They were joking about uh, how many characters are going to be in the movie, but Johansson did say that there is one scene where we will see thirty-two Marvel characters on in one scene. Thirty-two. 32. Holy 30. 30. fuck! Thirty. That's a lot of people, people in one scene. And they were joking about that there's like 60 characters in the whole movie together. But she she did say that for sure there's going to be 32 in one scene. So I, I just, I don't even know what to say about that. That's mind-boggling that we've gotten to this point to where we can have 32 characters at one time on screen. So that's my Infinity War Breaking news! If you had already heard it, well, you heard it again. If you didn't, then your eyes are probably bouncing out of your head right now with that
2: huge I, I just breaking a little. news. I, I yeah, just a I, I'd
0: say that like anybody with ADHD or like some sort of attention deficit disorder uh, probably needs to double up their dose before they go see this movie. Because I'm sitting Holy here and just like, oh, oh my god, that. I mean. I don't have ADD, uh, and I cannot imagine following that many people, even on a big screen. Like, I, I am really interested in cinematography, likewise how they're going to pull that off without making so many people be like, "Oh my God, I can't handle this. I I need a Xanax." Like, what is what is going on right now? Um, yeah, that is a lot of people, and. I famously just I think there are too many people in the world. Like <laughs> I don't know. What? So there's <laughs> just there are just too many people. Was have you ever seen uh The Office? And they, you know, nope, they have Never Dwight. heard of it. Never heard of that show ever? Okay, well, there's this character called Dwight and he's walking in this crowd and he's like there are too many people, we need another plague. And I feel like that sometimes. Although I don't want anybody to die, I don't know.
3: Yeah. Um, so. this, don't worry, Caitlin lives in Alaska, everyone. So we don't have to worry yeah. about a plague breaking out from her. Are you are you like a, no. a villain?
0: No, no. Like I don't want it to happen. Like I don't want anybody to die. However, I I I don't like large crowds. <laughs>
2: so thirty two
0: people on a yeah, like thirty-two people on a screen. I'm like, holy crap, that's a lot of people, and there's a lot of stuff going. Shiny objects. Oh my god, maybe I do have ADD. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of starting
3: to be convinced that you might. Just um, <laughs> right. it's
0: possible. It's possible. Where were you I talking? Go talk.
3: <laughs> for for the uh, the the news. I mean, that's like a spreadsheet and a fucking a, a huge cosmic comic event. That's amazing. If if they can pull it off and they have all that going on there's 32 characters. Awesome. If it's just visual noise like a you know like a fight in a Transformers movie, uh then it might look like shit, but hopefully it will look great. I don't know.
5: Yeah, I mean gonna... I don't I don't
3: Yeah, go ahead then. I, I I was confused on who to pass to. So,
5: you're good. No, you can go ahead and pass. You can go ahead and pass it to Kanan.
3: Yeah, Kanan. How how do you Well, he already kind of told us how he felt. Should we, should we move to
0: DC? Yeah. Should we? Should we? Should we? Yeah, let's let's, do yeah, let's
2: start DC. Yes,
0: let's talk DC. Okay, uh, with the new shooting underway under Joss Whedon, um, you know, with a uh, with the departure of uh, Mr. Snyder due to you know personal loss, uh, Danny Elfman has been hired to compose the score for Justice League. And so, what do you think that that means? Do you think that that is the direction that Zack Snyder kind of wanted to go in, or do you think that's, like, something new that Joss Whedon was like, hey, let's put Danny Elfman in here? So go ahead and tell me what you think, Dane.
3: Well, all right, so Danny Elfman, if no one knows, amazing composer. Uh, he's worked with Tim Burton mostly. He was the one who did all the original Batman themes, the one that you heard on the animated series, Beetlejuice, et cetera, et cetera. Um, very well-known, uh, you know, almost up there with John Williams. Uh He's worked with Josh Whedon before, too, with Avengers 2. I don't think this is as big of a deal as people are making it. Um, I don't think Josh Whedon came over and took over the project and put Danny Elfman. I know Junkie XL, with help from Hans Zimmer, created the the themes for each character, but I don't even know if he was assigned for this, and maybe uh, Kanan can tell me if I'm wrong, if he was actually originally the composer for this or if people just assumed he was going to compose it and Danny Elfman have getting picked, but I don't think this is that big of a deal. Um, if anything, maybe Danny Elfman will incorporate a little bit of his old-style Batman theme, just slightly, just like a hint or a nod into Ben Affleck's, you know, scene. So it could be good, could be bad. I'm not really worried if Junkie XL
4: is not coming back for this movie. I'm pretty sure he'll come back for other ones.
3: Kaden, what do you think?
4: Uh, well, to answer your question uh, in regards to who was going to be on it, Junkie was uh, the composer for Justice League. Uh, once Hans Zimmer left, uh, Junkie you know, was going to take over and be the composer for uh, Justice League. Uh, there were some scheduling issues. Warner Brothers really wanted him to get on composing the Tomb Raider movie. That's what he's working on now. Uh, I think that the reshoots and stuff may have – caused this uh, issue with him not being able to score it. Uh, He did come out and make the comment, you know, that he was replaced. Uh, I don't think he expected to be replaced. Uh, So it was kind of a shock to him. But Elfman uh, has all of the credentials uh, for a composer. He's one of the best in the industry. He's been one of the best. He did, you know, if you're a fan of the Michael Keaton Batman movies, he did that theme. That's one of the most iconic Batman themes that we've had. Um, and I don't have any issues with Elfman coming on board and doing this. I think a lot of people are just freaking out because, you know, the whole uh, rumors about the reshoots, the whole stuff about now Elfman coming on. I think people are just like, oh, my goodness, what's happening? This movie's like, slipping away from it being Snyder. This is Whedon. He's bringing on Elfman because Elfman did Age of Ultron's uh, soundtrack. Uh I think it's gonna be fine. I think uh I, I even said on Twitter, you know, that'd be kinda of cool to have him do the the you know, a little bit of the Batman theme, but I really do hope Elfman sticks with what has been established. You know, the, the man of steel theme for Superman, uh, you know, we got the Wonder Woman theme, uh the Batman theme. Uh really, you know, that's that's the only three things that we have, you know, if he wants to come in and do something for Flash and Aquaman, that's great. Uh, but people are, like, freaking out because Junkie got replaced. I can understand you being mad, but Elfman can, will get the job done. I mean, we're in good hands. And at this point, I just want the movie to come out on time. I, I'm beyond all the <laughs> the the other stuff. I just want the movie to come out, be a good movie. I really, you know, I love Snyder. i have defended him. But at this point, I don't really care. I just want to see this movie. I've waited years to finally see everybody on the big screen in D.C., and that's what I'm looking forward to. So, Juwan, what do you think?
5: Um, I heard this news and didn't care even in the slightest. Um, I'm not a scores guy, so I wouldn't have known who the hell did the score if this was not a news topic today. So um, the only thing I have to say on it is it's not necessarily a takeover because there's a different – composer to do a score. Um so everyone keeps thinking "Well, this is Josh whedon again, you know, doing whatever he wants. That's more of a over his head kind of thing, um especially when you have to replace somebody um because the scheduling isn't working out. So, I mean, and who knows, that probably suggested to go out and get that guy um when screen junkie. I'm not screen junkies I'm sorry, shit. Um when the other guy couldn't do the uh the scores, Junkie so, I mean, XL. Just, yeah. Junkie XL. <laughs> I said Screen junkies. Um, shout out to Screen Junkies, though. Uh, great show, but um, but no, I, I completely I don't listen to scores outside of the Wonder Woman theme song. Um, I really don't care about whoever's oh, doing Oh, god, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, I, I have to be completely honest. When I heard this, I was just like, I don't really care. Um, when, when, when you said that. when
3: you said that you were a score person, you, you're not a score guy. It's kind of like when I tell people, I'm like, I don't, I'm not really a math guy. You know, it's not my thing.
5: <laughs> I guess. I mean, I guess it's the same thing. One you kind of <laughs> need, one you don't. But yeah, um, I'm just, but I'm yeah, just being a dick. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying scores or anything are, are, are stupid. I'm just saying it's not something I pay that much attention to. Um, but I don't knock the next guy who does. I mean, like I said, the Wonder Woman scene was possibly one of my favorite um, uh, things on the soundtrack. Um, yes. It just it doesn't tickle your pickle, basically. It's fine. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Back to you, Caitlin.
0: Okay, um, I think, you know, this is an-
2: another just...
0: People just freaking out over nothing. Uh, I don't think it's it's that big a deal. I think it was probably something that, um, you know, Zack Snyder. I mean,
2: uh,
0: despite his his personal uh, tragedies and stuff, you know, he brought Joss Whedon in to help out. You know, Joss Whedon agreed. It was it was very friendly. It was very you know um, helpful. And uh, I, I really don't see Joss Whedon just being like, hey, I'm going to make it totally my movie and bring in Danny Elfman um, and, you know, throw my friends a bone or, you know, whatever. So I, I think it's just people are, are just trying to freak out over nothing without, you know, it is. And I like I like the scores. I think that they really add depth to a movie personally. Like, I, I pay attention to them, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, Danny Elfman's a bad choice who's obviously got some great c- credentials. Um however, you know, like I said,
2: uh, I think uh, people... buh, buh, buh. Sorry, that's <laughs> No,
0: it's okay. I just like I just think it's like kind of a much ado about nothing situation. I, I think it's people who are gonna freak out over Joss Whedon taking over for for Schneider anyway. Uh, you know, right now they're just trying to find a reason to even more hate it. Um, and, you know, I, I just don't. Those, those are the kind of people who just can't be pleased. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and uh, go to DCTV now. Um, with uh, Black Lightning showrunner, uh, hopes to in- introduce the Static Shock and uh, open for Arrowverse crossovers to buy a to be the main villain in Black Lightning. So, Dane, go
3: ahead and take over. All right. Um, this is actually the one I'm excited, probably, or, well, we've got a slow news week, but some of the stuff they went over with it, it's going to be on a different world, um, much like Supergirls, but they're very open for crossovers. At this point, who the fuck isn't? Obviously, it's going to establish a universe that much more. That's not really that, that, that weird of a concept. The fact that he really wants to introduce Static Shock All right, so there was supposed to be a web series that never happened. There was supposed to be a series that never happened. Um, And instead of maybe just trying to do the character solo, if you introduce him possibly second season and incorporate Static, have Black Lightning know who he is because he's a loner, and that's how the character is, much like Spider-Man, you make Black Lightning like the the Iron Man to Spider-Man, and have him become his protege and kind of his Robin. I think that would be amazing. But I would save that for a second season. And, of course, Tobias Whale is going to be their main villain. Um, that's, that's been Black Lightning. If Black Lightning is Daredevil, Tobias Whale is basically a DC version of Kingpin. So, very cool. I, I like what they were talking about. I really like the trailer. I like the actor. Static Shock should not be played by Jaden Smith. Everyone who wants that, punch yourself in the face. Um, And that's it. That's all I really got. I'm really looking forward to this. I'm glad the Arrowverse is getting that much bigger. And I like the character, and I'm glad he's getting a little bit of love. Also, wait, one more thing. If anyone is wondering, well, what will they do with static and black lightning because they have the same powers? They do not have the same powers. Black lightning controls off electricity and surges, much like electro. Static shots. Control static electricity, static electricity based on electromagnetism. It's much more even like magneto like. So there is a difference. It's not a just education because I've told
4: people that recently. That's it. That's all I got. Oh, and uh, pacificated. Fuck. Thank you so much. And I'm, I'm so glad that you uh, dropped some uh, knowledge on these uh, fools out here that think that static shock and uh, black lightning are the same character, like, oh, let's just throw two guys in, in a TV show that have the same powers. That would be lame and very weak. But, uh, no, I this was the biggest news. Like, the Black Lightning news was already, like, up there. But Static Shock, oh, my goodness. Like, you know, now this is a must-see show. So, uh, I, I do, you know, even if it's an alternate world, you know, like you said, it's like Supergirl. They can always find a way to uh, incorporate it. Uh, I'm excited. This is one of my, uh, you know, most looked forward to shows uh, upcoming, uh, you know, for the DC. Uh, I think it's got a, uh, you know, a pretty good cast. Uh, I'm with you, though. Why do people keep wanting to cast Jaden Smith in anything? Like, why? I don't get it. Stop bringing his name up. Like, no, never, ever put him in anything else. So, that's my take on it. Juwan. What do you think?
5: Um, I think you should stop hating on Jaden Smith. Um, no, this is great news. Um, I think we knew at some point. Uh, we hoped at some point it'd connect with the Arrowverse. Um, introducing Static Shock. I mean, that's just um, a logical way to go um, for like a second or third season. I think that'd be um, kind of how like it took a while for us to get. Um, Red Arrow and, and Arrow. It took a while for us to get Wally West's um, Flash. So I just think they'll, they'll build it up. Like, one of the girls will probably uh, befriend Virgil, and then they'll introduce it. Um, well, they'll amplify him in, like, the second or third season. Then he'll legit become probably part of the team, um, which will possibly be visually the dopest shit uh, CW has done with their superhero universe. Um, but yeah, I, I completely agree with Dane on, on everything and I can't wait for the crossover. Back to you, Dane.
3: Oh, it's back to me. Oh, that's right. We're out of news now. So we're going to try a couple segments for you guys out there. Um, I got one and Jawan has one. Mine is called pitch this. So I'm going to pitch an idea that I'd like to see happen, uh, based off of an interview with, uh, David Bezos, who plays Lil Wayne, aka Bruce Wayne, on Gotham. Uh, I'm just gonna basically with pitch this. There is no parameters of companies getting in the way of a crossover. You have pretty much free range. Uh, so if you want to do a Fox, um, you know, movie mixed with Marvel concepts of like a story to get them together. This is the first one I'm putting in place.
4: Um,
3: so, I'm, gonna, I'm basically, I'm going to go through mine, and I'm going to pass it to Kanan. You can comment on it. If you don't have anything, Kanan, uh, you know, just just comment on it and pass it to Juan If you want to add to it with another idea that you have uh, to connect two universes. So, for tonight, I'm going to do – it might sound weird, but I'm going to do television, actually. I would love to see a crossover, like I said, based off of David's interview recently, between Gotham and Flash. Yeah, I know that Fox has the Batman rights uh, for the characters for their network,
2: but if they were to be able to
3: work something out, much like how UPN did with Fox, with Buffy and Angel, um, you know, with CW, it would be great to see Flash cross over. Now, Flash is the only one that can not only go alternate dimensions, but can go back in time. And so for some reason within the story of Flash progress, He has to go to a certain speed. It happens every fucking couple episodes, so it's not a weird thing for it to happen. And he goes, crosses through, and goes into Gotham's universe. David noted that Gotham is set in the past. Uh, That's why the phones are different. That's why the cars are different. It's very reminiscent of how they did the animated series by making it look much more old-school in fashion. (coughs) So by this time, if you didn't see in the last episode, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, David, at age uh, 17 in the show, uh, starts crime fighting, basically. He starts dressing up in black and going out after people in the streets and taking them out for the first time. Uh, there's also hints that he'll be training with Raj Al Ghul next season. So basically next season, we're going to see David turn into an 18 and then potentially a 19-year-old Batman, uh, which is very cool. So by this time period, we could have Flash go back there, some type of interaction between characters, if you could bring Cisco along, that could be really great between Harvey Bullock and Cisco. Uh Commissioner Gordon just being completely, like, what is time travel? Trying to get the Flash back. And just an imprint. And I would actually, this is the cool part, Flash tries to go back to his world, but goes back in the future of Gotham. And for the first time you get to see Gotham in present time, you get someone, like I've suggested, like a David Boriamas to play Bruce Wayne and Batman remembers Flash from when he was a kid, from their first interaction, and helps Barry get back to his world. This would then introduce Batman within the universe of the Arrowverse, and definitively like Supergirl has her world, and just like Black Lightning has his world, Batman has his, his world, and eventually a Justice League between worlds can be formed, like they keep on hinting at. Um, so that's the concept that I have. Kanan, what do you think of that concept? And do you have anything to pitch for a potential crossover between movies and television?
4: Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I'm with you uh, on your idea. I think uh, Gotham is one of the, you know, is one of the best DC shows right now. And I think, I know, you know, like you said, they're on Fox, but that would be awesome to, you know, see them cross over um, with, you know, with Flash Um you know, because they did it with Supergirl when they were on CBS. So, I mean, I'm sure that there's, you know, probably a way for them to, uh, you know, maybe, you know, work out a deal if they were to go that route. I don't know if they want to, you know, just keep Gotham separate or not. Uh, But, yeah, I would love to see that. I think, you know, bringing all of the DC shows together at one time would be, you know, would be pretty good because I think it would be awesome to see, you know, even Arrow... Um, you know, kind of come on with, uh, you know, Gotham. You know, just see, you know, them interact with each other, and you know, and then something that I, I kind of threw out. I, I know it won't happen because it's two different brands, and you know, right now we only have the actual Batman in the movie. I do think that we will see some type of Batman if it's not on Gotham, but I think we'll definitely see some type of Batman in the uh, in the future on TV. But I, like I said, I would like to see. Uh, Batman and uh, Daredevil crossover i think those two um you know have you know similar traits with each other you know as far as how they fight and how they you know um you know their kind of methods i think it would just be cool to see that you know that you know like i said no one have because one's marvel one's d c but I, I think that would be awesome and i think a lot of people would you know get behind that so Juwan, what do you think?
5: Um I lo- I love both you and Jane's ideas. Um mine it just came to me cuz I had one I was going to use before but I started thinking it was stupid and now I have one that I think will be epic for not a- for for television for CW especially it'll make their ratings go through the roof. Um we know since season 1 of Arrow we have been hearing of this town that we know belongs to a certain crime fighter In the Batman family. And we know that we'll be getting a Nightwing film. So what I would suppose would be since Nightwing, and I'm assuming whoever they get to Nightwing won't necessarily be someone who's above appearing on television. But let's say, you know, like we were saying, this is just me pitching the idea. So we know they've mentioned Bloodhaven at least four times each season. So I could completely picture the idea of Arrow dealing with a black mass, uh, dealing with black mass, I'm sorry, um, and Oliver knowing of a guy who fights crime in Bloodhaven. um, In Black Mass, uh, his whole organization is leaking from um, Bloodhaven into uh, Star City. So he calls on the help of Nightwing, and we see... For the first time, uh, the Green Arrow teaming up with Nightwing. Nobody else on the team, just Green Arrow and Nightwing um, taking down Black Mass's organization and then ultimately taking down Black Mass, setting up for future team-ups of hopefully whatever team Nightwing is with, um, teaming up with uh, Team Arrow. What are your thoughts, then? Oh, what about uh, uh Caitlin? Caitlin, sorry. What are your thoughts, Caitlin? Um, Caitlin? I think
0: um I think that both of you all have some like really cool ideas. I think that's great. I mean I'm, I'm admittedly not a huge uh DC TV person, so um you know, and I know enough about the DCU to you know, the comics universe. To, to know exactly who you're talking about and their characters and their backstories and stuff. So, I mean, honestly, um, I, I know you all are very creative and um, I know that when you pitch ideas like that, and, which makes me really excited about this segment that, that we're trying out, it is it, it it's all coming from a place of your own crea- creativity. So, I mean, like not trying to kiss all's butts or anything. I just, I just think you're, very creative guys, and so I'm always excited to hear what, like, ideas you have, and stories and stuff, because it's it's all good. I mean, it's all good, you know, to, to pitch ideas like that. I mean, how do you think anything gets to film or to print or to anything is it all starts with an idea, and it all starts with, a, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we did this? And uh, so I love it. I, I love doing that. I love taking that and being like, okay, what, will, what would happen if we did this? Um, and, well, and Kanan, um, Caitlin.
3: You know, I, yeah. Do you have any ideas? Like, it doesn't have to be DC TV. You can be X-Men, whatever related, uh, crossover between Fantastic Four and X-Men. Do you have anything that's, like, non-DC? Just out of curiosity.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Um, I liked what Canyon said about the, you know, Daredevil and, and Batman in terms of, like, uh, you know, I think that was very, very cool because they are very similarly matched. Um for me personally, huh. I um and, and actually I said this on Twitter today, uh and and it kind of stuck in my head, uh, is some sort of crossover universe where you're able to incorporate the relationship dynamic of so many different um superheroes. Uh in, like, a marriage counselor type of way, like Jean Grey Summers and and Scott Summers and, like, Emma Frost in in a, I mean, in a counselor's office, like, trying to resolve their marital difficulties. Like, I'm, you know, assuming, you know, nobody's died or anything. Um, and then, you know, or, or just, like, it just seems like so many relationships and marriages and stuff are short-lived. Like, uh, you know, Sue Storm and, and Reed Richards, had marital issues during Civil War, um, you know. It, it you, it, it's really interesting that dynamic, um, and, and I just think it, it would also be kind of funny too to see, you know, these superheroes sitting down and, and having very, like, very real, like, marital concerns or relationship concerns about like who did the dishes last, you know, and and you know make it that much more relatable and human and funny and um and engaging and you know and taking those kind of issues and then applying them to the superhero context cuz it seems like so many times like you have so many people within you know a comics creating you know standpoint or movies or whatever it it seems like nobody gets a happy ending man like nobody gets any kind of marital bliss or I mean, some of them do. You know, you have your iconic relationships. But, I mean, like even Superman with Lois Lane, I, you know, isn't he with Wonder Woman now or something? I'm just like, I I can't keep track anymore. It's like, it's, I don't know. I'm just like, maybe I'm just romantic, but I'm just like, nobody stays together anymore. <laughs> like, I, I'm not against divorce or anything. I just, uh, I just feel like it would be cool to have some sort of movie, TV show, or comic book that addresses like relationship problems between the fictional characters that we know and love. Um, Because it's like, uh, well, like like with the X-Men. You see like Scott Summers cheats on Jean Grey in Emma Frost's head and she just kind of destroys Emma Frost and then it's like, and then she dies and then he moves on with Emma Frost, and I'm just like, is is nobody going to just, like, call this guy out for being a dick? Like, he totally cheated on his wife. What the hell? (laughs) I'm like, okay.
4: Yeah, Wolverine
3: Wolverine will will tell him he's a dick. I mean, he's he's good at doing that. Uh, And Scott Summers basically is a dick, but I love that concept. And, um... Just, uh, yeah, we should definitely try this more often. Just come up with some concepts and see how it works. I thought everyone had some great ideas, but uh, let's, let's do Worlds Collide. Uh, Juwan, can you explain to us a little bit about this? What are we doing?
5: All right. So in Worlds Collide, what I'm going to do is um, every time we do this segment, I'm going to give us this completely, um, you know, uh, crazy, dangerous villain that we have to take um, heroes and or villains from both Marvel and DC and put together um, two characters uh, to combat this one super uh, villain. So I figured since this is our first time trying this this segment, I'm going to go with a villain who I was talking to Dane the other day, doesn't necessarily have a weakness. Um, so we all have to come up with... Um, Two characters we think could defeat dr. Manhattan um because he is the one like we're in this scenario, Dr. Manhattan is a villain. I know he's somewhat of a hero, but in this scenario he is a villain, so we now have to come up with a team of two that can stop dr. Manhattan, so I'll start with you, Dane,
3: oh man,, uh, all right. I'm going to try to do one DC, one Marvel. Um, My Marvel one, and I'm going to choose heroes. I'm not going to be like, I'm going to use the Beyonder. That's not really that fair. Um, So if I were to do, like, normal, still powerful as shit characters, Phoenix is definitely a good person, I think, power-wise. If she's working with someone else to be able to go against... uh, Dr. Manhattan. We don't know the scope of Dr. Manhattan's powers. We just know the reality warping. And he can do a lot of of stuff. Uh, But so can Jean Grey. I mean, Jean Grey, besides her energy blast as Phoenix, Phoenix can completely engulf and destroy universes. So she's got a lot of those aspects that he has. I don't know if she's still on the level that he is, though. I mean, he became basically a supreme god. So... You know, using someone that's more of a villain or hero with, with Dark Phoenix thing is better than Galactus, which I don't even know what happened with Galactus. But my uh, DC character, to help her out... Oh, man. This is just ridiculous. Um, I am going to go... Uh, Parallax. Uh, Parallax is Hal Jordan. Um, he completely obliterated... The Green Lantern Corps sucked their energy in, was influenced by the Yellow Corpse's power source, which was Parallax. Uh, He has a ridiculous amount of energy, pretty much the power of both the Green Lantern Corps and what would be the Yellow Yellow Lantern Sinestro Corps' power. So if you combine the two of them together, they're both godlike characters, and they're both evil. Uh, You know, Dr. Manhattan was sensible. He wasn't evil. Uh, The other two would be ruthless, And if one goes down, I mean, it's probably going to be after Dr. Manhattan takes a lot. uh, So the other person that's still around could be there to finish the job, basically. So I don't know if it would happen or not, but that's who I would pick. Kanan, who do you got to go against Dr. Manhattan?
2: Kanan?
4: Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh yes. Uh yesterday when we were talking about this, you know, I mentioned um uh Superboy Prime and I'm going to stick with that and I'll tell you why because uh Superboy Prime, he has all of Superman's powers plus he also has his prime abilities which are uh he has he's invulnerable to magic. He also has speed of flying to be able to travel light years in seconds. He can absorb energy. Uh, his freeze breath is able to freeze a, a red star. And he also is immune to kryptonite. And his prime strength is he can move planets out of orbit. Uh, so, I mean, like I said, in the comics, he pretty much defeated uh, every you know character there was. So I'm going to go Superboy Prime... Uh, to be Dr. Manhattan and I really don't know Marvel. I guess I'd, I guess I'd have to go with you on Jean. She's probably like one of the more powerful uh characters. Um if not him, then maybe maybe Galactus, maybe Galactus
5: could beat him. Nah, um, Galactus? Yeah. Galactus wouldn't be able to go toe-to-toe with um Dr. Manhattan. Jean is, is the best um out of Marvel. That be able to, uh, I'd say Gene and possibly Silver Surfer because he could absorb some of that that energy. The main problem is containing it once you absorb it. Um, but no, I definitely Superboy Prime, like you said before. My my only thing is what stops um, Doctor Manhattan from just ripping Superboy apart, um, and that's why I think Dane's pick of of Gene, who's more of a cosmic energy type of of, of being can kind of go a different route uh, rather than just pure brute strength um, to defeat him. Um, and like, like Dane said, when you get someone as powerful as the Phoenix uh, to go along with um, uh, what he was saying about how one could weaken Dr. Manhattan, hopefully enough that the other can come in uh, for the finishing blow. Um, but my choices were um, actually to DC. Actually, um, I said, Superman with all of the Green Lantern rings and the Flash. The reason why I said Superman with all the Green Lantern rings is with all that power, it'd be enough to at least distract um, Dr. Manhattan enough for Flash to go back in time and kill him before he becomes Dr. Manhattan. Mainly, the only reason, I know you guys are going to say that's kind of like a cheapskate way out, but the only reason why I went that route is because we literally don't know enough about Doctor Manhattan to know what exactly kills him. Um, all we know so far is that he's uber powerful, um, but we don't know exactly what can kill him because they, he hasn't faced anything yet in the Watchmen comic that comes near his power. So we don't—he's never been tested before. No one's ever been um, able—we uh, be, haven't seen anyone strong enough to go up against him. So I just kinda went the route of somebody um having the ability to go back in time and stop him before he actually becomes Doctor Manhattan. Um, but Caitlin, before we can get back to, to Dane for Dane to wrap the the show, who who would you uh pair up to defeat um Doctor Manhattan?
0: Ooh, that's I, that's a tough one. You have led like right out of the gate with some, like something really tough, and uh, and and I'll try to be quick so Mr. Dane can go ahead and take us home. Um, you know, I agree with the whole Phoenix thing. I hate to be lame and be like, oh yeah, just Phoenix. Um, you know, uh, and, like totally take Dane and and uh, like take somebody's answer, but I I still like. I've got Phoenix on my wall right now, like, and I'm looking at her right now. Um, and I'm just like, hmm, yeah, I think she could do it. Um, I mean, having watched Watchmen as many times as I have, I, I, you know, like, like you said, you you don't really get the full grip of, you know, the, the gravity of his powers. So, I mean, it's just, there's so much. He is tough. So, yeah, okay. Um, Final answer: Jean Grey for Marvel. For DC, hmm. For DC, good lord, God, oh, this is such a tough question. Damn you, um, oh, I don't know. I, I like, I really need to turn in my nerd card because I'm drawing a blank right now. Um, hmm. I damn it! (laughs) I'm just yeah. I'm drawing a blank. I'm just gonna say, (laughs) Phoenix is on her own. (laughs) Well, and maybe I don't know. Maybe Diana and Phoenix. Maybe like girl power team up. They can both take on Doctor Manhattan because you know she's like a demigod. I think I think she
3: could handle it. Um, Whooping that ass
0: yeah yeah I think you know okay yeah i I feel more confident about my answer now that I'm saying it out loud, yeah, I would have to go with Diana and Jean together, kicking ass, girl power, we'll pay him. um
4: is oh, that dirty Diana
5: right um right before I kick it to you Dane Gerald did say um he thought the team of um of Adam and Ant-Man, but I did tell him that Dr. Manhattan's skin is impenetrable. So there's no... Because he was saying they could kind of shrink, go inside of him and defeat him from the inside. Um, but he's complete. They go energy. in his the butthole. They could, they could try that. But he's complete energy. So if he ever, like, ex, um, kind of, like, dissolves himself, uh, like we saw him kind of, like, teleport himself um, like that, they would die inside of him. Uh, <laughs> nothing but just pure yeah, energy. Yeah, he would...
3: He would he would feel their presence there and be like oh what the hell is this and then kind of like a parasite he could just attack it himself
5: and kill them. Right.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Can
5: they right. go through I, a pee-hole? I mean, I don't think they'd want to, but yeah, I did. Want, <laughs> I did want to just add in. <laughs> Gerald did have that idea, but he is pure energy and would sense them and just obliterate them. But back to you, Dane.
3: Well, that was that was good. I liked. Uh... That that last one, the best. I think that has the best, the most potential. Out of any of the heroes that we listed tonight, hey, it's been a great show. I've been walking around my apartment aimlessly in the dark uh, for a good while now. So I still don't have power. Starting to get hot and can't eat food from the refrigerator. But that's all right. We had a great show for Geek Vibes Live. I want to thank Kanan and Caitlin and Jawan and Gerald and, you know, uh, Susan Eisenberg for coming in. Definitely want to get her back. And if I can get Slice and Dice, that jazz album with Cal Dodd and Kevin Conroy in the mix, I don't even need money. I mean, I like money, but I don't even need it. But every Saturday, we get here, we do our thing, and we make sure you guys have a good time. So keep on listening. We've got good stuff. i got Wrestling Geeks Alliance on Wednesdays at 8, Full two-hour shows just for you. we got some badass guests in the future. We've always had badass guests. So keep on listening, and since Juwan... Doesn't know Danny Elfman, I'm gonna play this to go out. Um so second. Alright. Hold on, hold on. And the wonderful theme of Batman.
2: We'll exit. Thank you, G 5s Monster, and have a good night. <laughs>